How would you like to have 75 units and they're never vacant? That's exactly what Joel Rutherford is doing in St. Louis, Missouri. He's going to teach us how he's doing it right here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals, the best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Calling all real estate investors, especially short-term rental investors, if you are looking to invest your money in owning a short-term rental, but you don't know where to buy, I have a hot tip for you. Kentucky and the Carolinas are a great place. And even with the rising popularity of short-term rentals, these markets continue to thrive. In fact, I'm looking to buy one in these areas as we speak, and I'm going to use Savvy Realty to help me with that transaction. Savvy Realty is an STR-specific real estate brokerage. Not only do they know the best places to buy in the areas that I already mentioned, but their hosts and co-hosts themselves of successful short-term rental properties. They know what it takes to turn a simple property into a big investment without wasting time or resources along the way. Whether you want to flip a house, rent your own home, or turn a brand new property into a profitable business, Savvy Realty and their agents can help you figure out what type of STR investment is right for you. Tyler Kuhn is the founder of Savvy Realty, and he and his team will consider everything from the overall look to the age of the home, the distance to transit hubs, and other major factors that you may not have considered. So if you want to make sure the return on your dollar is maximized as much as possible, then follow the link in the show notes to book your next one-on-one discovery call with Savvy Realty. Hey, Fearless community, before we get the show started, I want to let you know that you now have the chance to get direct access to me in order to grow and strengthen your short-term rental business. How? The Six Figure Formula Membership. I'm the only one in this space offering this value pack membership for a stupid, stupid low price of $49 per month. And you get access to me, my podcast guests. You get to be a part of our amazing private community. You get our full A to Z business in a box STR kickstart course. And maybe most exciting, especially for me, you get exclusive discounts that we worked for months to get that no one else is getting out there. Price Labs, AirDNA, NoiseAware, HostAway, and so many more at your fingertips. So become a part of this 6FF movement. Get started today for just $49 a month at fearlesskyle.com forward slash 6FF. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. Uh, Joel Rutherford had reached out to me uh, through social media and he was telling me about how he's doing this hybrid of both Airbnb and midterm rentals in St. Louis, Missouri and how he's just never ever vacant. And I, I took a look at his portfolio. I took a look at some of the things he was doing. I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. And one of the things I just really like about this conversation that I had with Joel is he is a doer. Uh, he doesn't overthink it. He just gets into action and he figures out the details as he goes. And that's the kind of mindset that you've got to have, or you've at least got to have someone on your team with that kind of mindset so that you can grow this business at the rate that you want to. And so I would love if you sit here and listen in with Joel here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. Hey guys, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley, and uh, we're also going live in our Six Figure Formula group. If you're not already a part of that group, everyone here in this group that comes on here live gets to ask our podcast guests questions after we're done recording. So a great benefit for them. 
Uh, so guys, for those of you that are watching live, get your questions ready. And Joel, let's let's get started, man. First of all, thank you for jumping on here. And uh, biggest thing for me, love starting off with this question. What's your craziest short-term rental story? I know you've got a lot of units. You probably got some crazy stories out there. Um, yeah, we could probably spend the whole podcast on that. Um, <laughs> but I'll try to narrow it down. I would say it was probably about a year ago over the holidays. Uh, we have a unit, a building that we do more midterm rentals in, travel nurses, things like that. And we had a gap in bookings and somebody did a, um, somebody did a booking inquiry. They were, uh, they were looking for seven to 10 days, something like that. And they said that they were in town to, uh, research the real estate market. They wanted to buy properties and they get, got here, everything checked out for the most part, but they immediately started complaining about the internet connection being slow and no one had ever complained about it. We have four units there. No one had ever complained in years about the internet connection being slow. And I, and I'm not a tech guy. So, you know, I, I don't really know when somebody says that, what the, what the problem is. So we called the internet provider. We, you know, we upgraded the speed, we did all those things and, and they still complained about it. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to come over and I'm going to check it out. And I went over there. Honestly, had no idea what I was going to do when I got there anyway. I was just going to kind of be hospitable about the, about the situation and try to be, uh, you know, as good of a host as I could. And when I got there, they had some PV, like video lighting and equipment all set up. Um, like they were doing some kind of, you know, some kind of show. And so I, I told them, Hey, I will, I will do whatever I can to, to make the internet work for you. They said they do cooking shows and that, that it's important that they have high upload speed. And, and again, I'm not a tech guy. I don't even know what any of that means. And so the next day she was complaining about it again. And so I said, I'm running speed tests on this and it tells me everything's great. Why don't you send me a screenshot of your computer so I can see what you're seeing? Cause she kept telling me that, th that this speed was slow. So she takes a picture of her computer with her phone and sends it to me. And I can see the background of the living room behind her computer. And there were just mountains of sex toys on the couch um, <laughs> behind. Well, so obviously they were not filming cooking shows in there. Um, they had other things going on. And so, you know, I, I, I replied back and told her, I said, well, you might want to clean up the background before you send me another picture, but I think it's time to cancel this reservation. And we went oh, from there. And God. so went over there, they had been there for about two days and I called my friend who works for the St. Louis police department. We went over there and we, uh, told them they had to leave and it probably after being there for two days, it probably took them three and a half or four hours to move out. They had wow. so much stuff. It was, it was unbelievable. Wow. You know, one time I got a, a booking from a very popular TV show that because of a non-disclosure, I can't tell which one it is, but I wasn't even allowed in the house. I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone on the staff. And so like I, for a while I was thinking, I wonder if they're just using the, the like shield of this, this really popular show, but they're really doing like a, you know, porn shoot or something like that. Mm -hmm. And turns out six months later, uh, a, a friend of mine sent me uh, a picture and he's like, isn't this your house? And it was the actual show. So it was kind of a, whoo, okay, we're good moment. <laughs> right. All right. Yeah. Joel, you never know what's going on behind the, behind the door. You, you never do. You never do. Well, today we're talking about the three ways to adjust to this current market. And I know that you're doing a lot of things that are not just relying on Airbnb. And, and I feel like there's gonna be a ton of value here today, but I really want listeners to get an idea of your background and where you came from before you got into short-term rentals and Airbnb. So can you just kind of rewind the clock here for a second and take us back to what brought you into this business, what you were doing before? Yeah, it was kind of a long, windy road. I was always interested in real estate, you know, and, and when I got out of high school, I, I joined the military in 97. I stayed in the military until 2004. 
And I was deployed in Iraq in 2003 and 2004 uh, with the 101st Airborne Division. You know, what a lot of people don't know about being in a situation like that is, is there's a lot of, a lot of action and a lot of scary moments, but there's also a lot of downtime where you can sit around and, and discuss things with your friends and, and colleagues and, and fellow soldiers. And so we would always talk about what are you going to do when you get home? What are you going to do when you get home? Because my contract was up. And so as soon as I got back home, I, I was finished with my military obligation. So I was headed straight for the civilian role. So when I got home, I had a friend that was in the mortgage business and he was doing pretty well. And I thought, well, that's, that's a good place to start. Uh, I'll start that. And so I went into the uh, mortgage business and he at the time was telling me, you need, you need to find a niche. And, and I believe that to be true in any business, you know? And, and so he said, you need to find a niche. So the niche that I found was real estate investors. I, I found it to be that they deal more in math and less in emotion. And so when you're doing home loans or when you're a real estate agent or whatever the case may be for traditional home buyers, there, there's a lot of emotion there. And I don't really do, deal well with that. And investors, you know, it, it's all about the math, right? And so that's more my speed. And so I was doing loans, originating loans for real estate investors. And I realized pretty quickly that they were making a lot more money than I was. And so um, I decided to stick my feet and stick my toes in the water on that side of the game. And I did that for a couple of years pretty slowly. And then in 2008, when the housing, 2007, 2008, when the housing market really started to crash, I had a lot of contacts in the banking industry um, and a lot of local banks in, in St. Louis at the time were foreclosing on sizable portfolios of single family housing that they had, that they had lent money on over the last 10 years or so. And uh, I started buying uh, foreclosed properties. And then I started a property management company off of that. And, and so I had friends and family that were buying properties and, and I was doing a lot of property management. I had partnerships where I was the, the, the manager. And I did that from 2008 up until, you know, I mean, as of a year ago, I was still managing some properties. I'm totally out of that now and completely into the short-term rentals. Sold most of the properties, you know, as the housing market has been, you know, doing well over the last few years. And so in 2018, we had a client buy a six family building and one of the units, uh, she went, she lives in California, so she completely hands off. And one of the units was, uh, she wanted to try Airbnb on and we didn't really know much about it. I had never done Airbnb before. And I, I think I'd used it maybe one time on a trip. Um, but I, that was the extent of my knowledge. And so I have a, uh, an employee that works for me still to this day, she's my booking manager and she's the type of person that I say, Hey, research this. And you know, she'll come back to me two or three days later and know everything about it. So. Um, I said, Hey, can you check out this Airbnb thing over the weekend and, and let me know what you thought and let me know what your thoughts are. Came back to work on Monday and she knew everything about Airbnb that you, that one could possibly know. And so I said, all right, well, let's, let's give it a shot and let's list this property. And we did. And, um, I mean, at the time, you know, on a, on a traditional lease that the rents were bringing in about $700 a month and this particular unit started bringing in 3000 to $4,000 a month. And so. The owner was like, okay, well, when, when the rest of the leases in the building come up, we're going to not renew them and we're going to furnish them. And so those were the first six I started out with in 2018. And at the time I was doing a lot of tenant placement for, you know, clients, friends, family, things like that. And so I just, when, when someone would call me and say, Hey, I have a vacant unit over at one of my properties. Can you help me fill it? I would, you know, pitch, well, Hey, why don't I fill it for you? Why don't I be your tenant? And so we did a couple of those. I manage a building in downtown St. Louis, right by where all the action is. And, you know, we were having a vacancy problem in the building because, 
you know, not a lot of people live in people that are born and raised in St. Louis generally don't live downtown. It's just, it's, mm. it's a weird dynamic for St. Louis, but, but it's, it's the reality. I live downtown and all of my friends from downtown, all my neighbors, none of them grew up in St. Louis. They all come from other places. And so it created a vacancy issue. And so I pitched to the landlord, Hey, why don't you try Airbnb? He wasn't interested in doing it personally. He didn't want to be involved. And so I said, okay, well, how about I lease these from you? And so I signed a five-year lease on 10 units and uh, had no idea what I was doing or what I was getting myself into, but that's kind of how I've, how I've operated my whole life. And so I felt comfortable doing that. And um, we, we did that for the last half of 2019, and then we were ready to launch for the spring of 2020. And, and as I was telling you prior to the going live here, the only thing that could have possibly derailed us would be a, a worldwide pandemic where travel was shut down. Of course. And so yeah. I remember March 13, 2020, the NCAA tournament was coming into town and, and the, the Enterprise Center where, it's, where the tournament was being hosted is three blocks from our building. And so we were full at premium pricing full. It was finally time to really make this thing work. And then boom, March 13th, 2020, the world shuts down. And where do we go from here? Who knows? And, and we've, we've pivoted, we've made a lot of, um, we've made a lot of progress. And, and I remember saying at the time to our team, I don't know what we're going to learn from this, but we're, we're going to learn something from it and it's going to turn out be a blessing in disguise for us. And, and, and in a lot of ways that we'll probably get into through the rest of the show, I believe it has. So, so lots unpacked there, but the biggest thing that stands out to me, Joel, is you sound like a person who is just, where is the opportunity? And I'm going to follow that opportunity, right? You, you were in the military and you heard about getting into real estate and you said, okay, mortgages. And then you got a real estate investing and now you're managing properties because you saw an opportunity to manage other people's properties that were coming to you. And then this person comes to you and says, Hey, what if I want to do Airbnb? And you say, well, I don't really know much about that. But then someone on your team learns about it. You go and, and you try it. And it just feels like you are kind of, for lack of a better term, it sounds like you're kind of a ready, fire, aim kind of guy, rather than sitting there thinking about it and making, taking long drawn out decisions. Have you always been like that? Or is that something that you had to teach yourself? Is that maybe even something the military helped teach you? Um, I would say I've probably always been like that. What I've had to learn over the years is just to surround myself with more risk averse and cautious people um, on my team. Because if not, you know, we always say, so my partner, Rachel, who's my partner personally and in business, we always say, if Rachel were running the show, we would have one unit and it would be absolutely <laughs> perfect. And if I were running the show, we would have a thousand units and, and they would, none of them would have couches in them, but we would, you know, we would have a thousand units. And, and so we, we balance each other out that way and, and make sure that we're taking a, a, as cautious of an approach as we can. But I, I think at the end of the day, especially in an industry that's as new as the short-term rental industry is, there's no way to learn other than to do right. And so you, you just have to get out there and you have to make mistakes and you have to learn and you have to be, you know, you have to be prepared to pivot and, and admit that you made a mistake and, and move forward and do things differently. And you said, you know, March 13th happens, which man, I mean, my March 13th, I remember that date too. It was actually March 12th for us is when we started seeing all these cancellations come in, but I didn't have the NCAA tournament happening next to me. So I cannot imagine the devastation of seeing all of that. Uh, mine were like 90 to a hundred dollar bookings, you know, that were getting canceled and I'm like, ah, whatever. But when you said, you know, you didn't know what you were going to learn from this, but you were going to learn and you were going to pivot. 
talk to me about from March 13th to now, what, what was the number one learning lesson for you? And what does your business look like maybe today that you didn't envision back on March 13th when, when, you know, you were getting ready to, to have that first hot season? Well, at that time, you know, the, the idea was, you know, furnish a unit listed on Airbnb and, and there you go, you know, and, and, and everything works out and it gets booked and, and, you know, since then with the combination of saturation and all these more, all the, all these additional units coming on the market and, and, you know, so many other factors with, you know, 2020 forced us to pivot into, you know, the midterm rental. And so St. Louis, the one, the one thing that the city really has going for it is we have world-class hospitals. We have two highly rated world-class hospitals in St. Louis. And so our travel nurse market is in really, really high demand. And, and so, um, we have, what we learned from that is that you need to identify what your unit is and who it serves, right? And so we have certain units that we will only do two and three day, five day, whatever tourist type of bookings in. We have certain units that we will do only 30 days or more. And so when we look at taking on a new unit, one of the first questions we have to answer is, what are we going to do with this unit? Is it going to be for weekend tourists or is it going to be for 30 day or longer stays? And, and so that kind of gives you the plan, right? And then you know who to market that particular unit to, you know, but prior to the um, podcast, your, your assistant had asked me for a link to our Airbnb units and I sent it to you. And I think there's 40 units or something like that on there. When in actuality we have 75, but I have, you know, 25, 30 bookings or listings, I'm sorry, that, um, that aren't listed on Airbnb. I don't want them listed on Airbnb because that's not who I'm trying to attract. And so that's one of the main things we learned is that there is a market of longer term stays. There's a big market of longer term stays. And I think that you can expand your growth a lot faster and make things a lot smoother if you have a blended portfolio. You know, I can't turn 75 units every Friday, right? But if out of those 75 units, 40 or 45 of them have people that are going to be there for 60 or 90 days. I don't have to turn those every Friday. And so your revenue is going to be down a little bit on that, but your operation costs are going to be down as well. And, and so, you know, we, we have units that are just on cruise control for 90 days the day somebody checks in. And, and so we identify the units up front as far as what, uh, what type of uh, guests we're going to host there. And then we go from there and, and we, have no vacancies. I mean, we never have vacancies. That's pretty awesome. I mean, 75 units, you're right around the same amount as, as me. And, and we really, unlike you, we, we do get a lot of our nurses from Airbnb. We get some from furnished finders. We get some from direct bookings, but it sounds like you have these two different sides that you're marketing to. What does the day-to-day, especially for your team, look like for you in regards to that? Like, I guess the biggest thing I, I would think if, if I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, hey, I've got one or two units and one of them's a one bedroom, one of them is a four bedroom, and I want to have two different sides of this. What is marketing to a longer term tenant for you and your business look like? And also uh, just what is your team taking that on? Who is on your team? You know, just giving a little bit more information about your team would be awesome. 
So I am, I am really involved in the booking process and the marketing process. My partner, Rachel, is, uh, she runs the cleaning and, and essentially making sure the units are ready and they have what they need. And then on my side of it, I have uh, an assistant, Maria, who handles all the bookings and, uh, you know, she handles all the logistics and makes sure that the leases are signed and manages the calendar and all of those things. But the benefit to having a little bit higher unit ca uh, count like we do and having a diverse diversity, uh, you know, a diverse portfolio of, you know, some two beds, some bath, some, some two bath, you know, in, in different areas around St. Louis is like, I don't have to market an individual unit to an individual person. I just have to get them engaged in a conversation with me and then I can send them our portfolio. And there's a really high likelihood that after I send them our portfolio, one of our units is going to work for them. You know, it, it, whereas if you have one or two units, it, it's a little more challenging because if either the unit works or it doesn't for that person, right? We send them a list of our properties and, and they get to choose which one works for them. And so, so we can do a little bit more raw marketing. Big opportunity here to get Mount for three months for free. Have you even checked out Mount yet? If you haven't, you need to. Extra streams of revenue, unique amenities for your guests, and absolutely no risk. Think about it this way, offering bikes, golf carts, kayaks, paddle boards, and so much more to your guests with none of the liability while getting paid for those extra amenities. And Mount takes care of everything, payments, insurance, GPS tracking, and there's no cost to get started. You can start making as much as $300 or more per door per month. If you sign up with Mount right now, you're going to get a free consultation and that free three months, absolutely no risk. It's worth it. Go check it out. Just go to the show notes to get your free three months started. So you mentioned you and Rachel are kind of the heads of the, the company. She's taking care of the cleaners as well. Who else is on your team to make these 75 properties run like a well-oiled machine? So uh, Rachel has a maintenance technician that's a full-time employee um, that helps, helps her. And then uh, she has a cleaning team. Most of those are just subcontracted out to different individuals that are looking for side work. And she manages that process. And then the other side of it is Maria and I, and, and we manage all the, the bookings, the administrative tasks, all of those types of things. And, and then also on our management, uh, we handle communication with the owners as far as, you know, we handle all their accounting and, and, and let them know things are needing to be done and things like that. We, we really try to focus on staying out of the property management piece of it and focused only on the hosting piece of it. Because it can really get challenging if you're trying to be too many things to, to people. And, you know, for instance, if there's a roof leak in a property that we don't own, we just notify the owner, hey, you have a roof leak. Yeah. And, and that's not something that we want to be involved in. And so it, it, it helps a lot in being able to focus on what we're good at. And that's, that's the hosting piece. Perfect. That's smart. I like it. So, Joel, we've got this topic today of the three ways to adjust to the current market. What are you currently doing and recommending to people for adjusting to, and, and really what, what is it that you're seeing that makes you want to adjust to a, to a market right now? So I, I think that, you know, there, there's an old saying that real, all real estate is local, right? And I, and I think that the same applies to the, to the short and midterm rental market. Um, it's local, right? I, I don't have lakeside properties. I don't have beachfront properties. I have, you know, urban properties that are close to hospitals and close to a lot of entertainment venues, you know, between baseball with the, you know, the Cardinals, St. Louis Cardinals are a huge draw here in St. Louis. Hockey team is more of a local fan base. So we don't, we don't get a lot of travelers for that, but there's a lot of concerts here, you know, big, big concerts in the summer. There's a lot of things to do in the city. So we do get a lot of tourists, mostly that drive from other areas of the Midwest that come here. And then, you know, as, as I said, our, our units that are 
identified as longer term, you know, we've identified travel nurses. We've identified digital nomads. Four or five St. Louis Cardinals players lived in, in our units last year during the season. You know, nice. uh, you have these guys, the younger guys that don't make $20 million a year, and they're constantly moving back from our minor league system is in Memphis, Tennessee. And so that's about a, a four hour drive, constantly being shipped back and forth based on injuries and playing time and things like that. And so we, we host a lot of Cardinals players. We've kind of become the go-to for them. Um, and so that's, that's been a good market for us. So it really just comes down to what does the area that you host your units in, what brings people to town? And then, you know, really honing in on how to capture those people and, and, and get the referral sources that, that those people, you know, lean on in terms of finding housing when they get here or before they get here, ideally. Awesome. So it, it, it sounds really simply like, you know, you just provided a solution for a, a, a potential client that can continue to bring you business, right? So if I only have one unit, right? If I'm listening to this and I only have one or I'm just wanting to get started and I'm saying, well, Joel, I don't have 75 units. I can't be that kind of solution. If you were to start over today, what would be your thing? Is it just really understanding like, okay, if I'm in downtown, I'm going to have a lot of concerts. I'm going to have a lot of sports fans. Maybe I theme my place to be Cardinals themed or something like that. Or is it a little bit deeper than that? Um, if you have one unit, if I had one unit, I, I, what I, what I've done a lot of is you can go in incognito mode and get into Airbnb and, and look at what other people are doing. Right. And, and try to look at it through the eyes of a, uh, of a traveler. And, and so if I'm traveling, I'm going to scroll through Airbnb and there's going to be certain things that catch my, catch my attention. You know, if I'm going to, if I'm coming to town for the St. Louis Cardinals game, I'm probably likely to click on a, a unit that says walking distance to the stadium or, you know, something like that on the headline. And then photos are huge. When we tried to save money early on and, and took pictures with our phones, you know, we did okay. Um, when we transitioned into finding a professional photographer that really had the, the, the equipment to do that, it changed overnight. I mean, the pictures, the pictures are great, you know, for, for, for your listing. And there's so many listings out there. If you scroll through the Airbnb in your area, there's people who their main picture is a picture of the bathroom. You know, they did, they're just uploading pictures and not really paying attention to what they're showing their potential guests. And, and so the wording, the copy, uh, of the, of the headlines and things like that are important. And it's also important to change that, you know, every, every month or two or three, right. You know, I mean, if we're promoting that people can, we have units downtown that are really huge and we get a lot of people that host their families here for the holidays, you know, instead of having your family in town and staying at your house and messing all your stuff up, they go rent an Airbnb. Right. And so, you know, during the holidays, we, we cater our headlines to that. Right. And then with baseball season coming up, we have units that we, you know, that the headline is based on walkability to the stadium. And, and, and so you, you just have to constantly be updating those things and, and making sure that your pictures are something that you would click on if you were a traveler. Right. And, and once they click on the unit, you're halfway there. Right. Uh, I mean, you're scrolling through 200 units and you might click on five or six of them. Right. And, and so once they click on your unit, you're halfway there. So it's just, Having your listing really dialed in to, you know, to get people to inquire about it is, is where I would go if I had one or two listings. Awesome. So you sound like you're really big on marketing, right? Just understanding your guests, understanding what they're looking for, making sure that the listing is attracting the people that you want to attract, especially when it comes to seasonality. But what about, you know, let's, let's go back six months, maybe even four or five months ago when it was just like, hey, you could throw a place up on Airbnb and just get it booked. And now uh, over the last six to 12 months, we've noticed people are 
that their occupancy has been going down, daily rates been going down. And so there's a lot of people wondering, how do I pivot beyond just knowing my guest? What other things are you doing differently that maybe you weren't doing six to 12 months ago? You have to be actively engaged in your listing. It, this is not a part-time job. You know, it, it, it's really not. And I know for people that have one unit or two units or something, maybe it has to be a part-time job because the income isn't there to support their lifestyle yet. But you have to be dialed in. You have to be on it. You have to, you know, talk to your friends and family about, hey, if you ever have anybody in town, you know, I have an Airbnb. If you have family or friends coming in town for anything, I have an Airbnb and I'd be more than happy to host them. Um, you can't just set it and forget it like you could a year ago. That's not the market that we're in right now. And I, I think that I think that the market got really over, you know, it, it, the demand was so high in 2021 because we were coming out of quarantine and people were so ready to get out of the house that that's that's the issue that's been created is you can't look at 2020 and use the data to project what's going to happen in 2021. And, and conversely, you can't use 2021 to project what's going to happen in 2022. I would. I would say that 2022 is probably the most accurate depiction of what you could expect because it was, yeah. you know, the most normal year that we've had since 2019 and the markets kind of plateaued a little bit. And I think that you're going to see people kind of give up um, because it, there is effort in, involved. And I, and I think that's an advantage for a lot of people, you know, your, your students, especially, obviously, if they're on your, if they're, if they're students of yours, it's because they're trying to get better. Right. And so. In, in that regard, you're already, you're making the effort. I think there's too many people out there that are just expecting that they listed on Airbnb and, and everything magically happens. And so, you know, find Furnish Finders, find VRBO and, and what, which one works best for you. And, and then figure out a way to have some kind of direct booking platform for, you know, that you can provide to friends and family and, and whoever else, just like any other business you're starting, you tell everyone about it. You know, I think as Airbnb hosts, sometimes we, we, we try to hide a little bit and I was guilty of that at first, you know, um, not wanting people to know that the house next door was an Airbnb because there's just, there's such a bad association with it from neighbors, but be proud of what you're doing, do it right and, and tell everyone about it. And I, and I think that that is probably the, the best way to go about getting, you know, maximizing your revenue. I love it. Guys, again, we're here with Joel Rutherford. He's out of St. Louis, Missouri. We're talking about the top three ways to adjust this current market. So Joel, I'm hearing marketing, I'm hearing, you know, really kind of like what I say is an abundance mindset, telling the world what you're doing and really being involved in your listing. You know, like you said, it's not a part-time gig, but what about the, the ones that are not on Airbnb? I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Is that all just your one bedrooms that you're trying to get nurses or is there a different market on those ones that are not on Airbnb? Uh, generally speaking, they are, uh, we, we put them on Furnish Finder um, and, and then we do direct bookings on them. It's a different, I, I think a lot of nurses have, have kind of come around to finding other platforms where they don't have to pay as much. You know, I mean, if, if you're doing a 90 day booking through Airbnb, the cost to the traveler is, is significant, right? And so those are the ones where we really just want to only attract nurses. Um, and by putting them on Airbnb, it, it kind of opens the door to everyone. And so one of our propositions to nurses in our multifamily buildings is that we own, we exclusively rent these units in this building to nurses. So everyone else in the building is going to be a nurse. And so if I put it on Airbnb and somebody inquires it's not a nurse, then, then I'm kind of going against what I'm telling the other guests there. 
And so I, I just try to avoid that and try to provide what we're, what we're advertising, we're providing to our nurses and, and, and going through Airbnb kind of convolutes that. To add to that too, is the relationship with the owners of the building on our arbitrage units. When we talk to them about this, because a lot of them are opposed to the idea of rentals in, sure. in the initial conversations, telling them that we're doing midterm rentals, um, comforts them, right? We're, we're doing healthcare professionals only. We're doing professional athletes in this building only. Um, there's a comfort level there for the, for the building owner that it's not just going to be the parties that you see on the news. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what, what is next for you and your business? Where are you guys headed next? Um, so, uh, there is an area in downtown St. Louis that's being redeveloped. Uh, it, it was, you know, it was hugely popular back in the nineties and it's kind of been left to die since then. And, uh, we have a development partner that is rehabbing, uh, most of the buildings down there and we are, we've partnered with them and have a, uh, exclusive agreement with them that we're going to lease units from them when the renovations are complete. And so that's probably going to fill our plate for the next three or four years um, as, as that is growing. And so we're kind of going all in on that. And I, I anticipate that we'll be at, you know, 250 units or so within the next 18 to 24 months. Wow. So, I mean, obviously with more units, you need more help. Who's, who's going to be the people that you're looking to add to your team during that time uh, when you're almost tripling your portfolio? So remember earlier when I said I just kind of get into things and then I figure it out after the yeah, fact? Yeah. That's, that's one of those situations where I, I, I don't even know yet. Um, I, I'll figure that out when we get there. Right. I mean, obviously we're going to have to add it and probably we will lean on people that we have relationships with already to, to help with that. But, um, yeah, I, 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 that question gives me anxiety, so I'd prefer not to answer. <laughs> I'll ask that to your partner, not to you. Um, right. so Joel, where can people connect with you and continue to, to learn from you? So our brand is Stay STL, and you can follow us on Instagram at Stay in the STL, and I can provide the links. Um, I don't know if this chat uh, is is something there where I can copy and paste things into or not. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, we do a lot on there, and and that helps a lot too. And and whether you have one unit or a hundred units, you know your social media. Once where I found you is important in not not just showing your units off, but showing the neighborhood off. And if you go out to a cool bar, or a cool restaurant, or some new cool venue you know, and you post about it. And so what we found there is that by promoting, uh, promoting other businesses, locally owned businesses on our social media platforms, they in turn do the same for us. And that has helped tremendously as well. You know, the local pizza shop or the local brewery, um, St. Louis has a lot of craft breweries. And so people come in town for that. And so we promote them, they promote us. And, and so, um, stay on top of your social media. Uh, we do the best we can. It's, it's challenging at times because you're caught up doing so much work all the time, but um, stay on top of that. And if you want to follow us on Instagram and see what we do, um, we would welcome that. And Instagram is stay in the STL. Is that what you said? Uh, let me get the, uh, can I copy and paste it into the chat here? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll just throw it into the show notes. And uh, for those that are here live, we'll put it in the chat as we uh, stay here for Q&A. So uh, that's going to do it here for the Fearless Investor Podcast, guys. Joel, thank you so much for helping our audience to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Like I said, we're going to keep it here for those that are here live with us in the six-figure formula to do Q&A. Thanks again, Joel. All right, so we did confirm Instagram is stay in the Saint, or stay in the STL, and you can uh, follow him there. You can check out his portfolio. If you're a Cardinals fan or if you're going to St. Louis, you can also check out how you can book directly with him there. That's going to do it for the Fearless Investor Podcast. We're helping you to conquer 
short-term rentals. We'll see you next time. Hey, Fearless Investor community, thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals. 